and welcome back to the Who Says Podcast. My name is Deanna, and as always, I'm joined by the amazing Jennifer and Tatiana. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me in this amazing episode. As we've been talking about self-care, this is another episode, so we're going to continue on our journey of self-care and continue on the theme of that. Now, today's topic is a little, maybe it might be a little surprising to you. I know it kind of was surprising to me, but, you know, as we refer to self-care, it's those practices that improve our well-being, reduce stress. Sometimes we may think of that as exercise, journaling maybe, of course, taking care of our bodies, eating well, spending time in nature. I just got a walk today, so that was lovely, soaking up the sun. We've shared about pedicures. It doesn't have to cost a fortune to take care of ourselves. Even a nice bubble bath. Hey, even if you have to lock yourself in the closet and put on those press-on nails, you can get self-care in anyway. So today's topic might be a little surprising, and it's called, Who Says Finances? can't be part of self-care. Did you know that taking care of yourself financially may also be considered taking care of yourself in that self-care way? That's right. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's all about finances. And I know, I know the ladies have a lot to share on this topic. I know I do, especially because this year has been all about self-care for me. And when I discovered that I was kind of hiding from my finances, I will admit that, totally hiding, it really became imperative that I face it head on. And once I did that, it literally had changed the way I'm actually viewing finances. And that totally was part of the self-care journey. And so when I started to prep for this episode, And I started to find out more information that, yeah, taking care of yourself financially like that, really diving in to to get the what's so of your financial situation and not hide from it. Because hiding is, it's not very powerful. It's not going to have you be confident about your financial situation. And that's exactly what happened with me. Um, I stopped hiding. I actually got the what's so about where we were at financially And it was really powerful. So really, like, finances, we're just here to tell you that it doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be heavy. You don't have to hide. There's some freedom there. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. If we can provide some freedom for you in that area, if you are struggling, if you are stressed out about it, we want to share with you that it's you're not alone. One, you're not alone. And two, that here are some things that we can share with you that you might want to take on. So what that looked like for me was I stopped hiding, stopped hiding from my finances. When I started to do my daily workout, which was walking, I took on walking and I started to take on other areas in my life. So that's where the finances came in. I just really looked at every area of the, of my finances, what we're bringing in what we have to, you know, to tackle as far as debt and just did a spreadsheet. I made a plan and then I worked my plan and it was so powerful to get where we really are. And actually 
it wasn't that bad. And that's the surprising part because it's like you're hiding and then you think that, oh my gosh, it's going to, if I don't even want to look, I don't even want to go there. And once I did, I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is not that bad. This is doable. And then, you know, working with my husband to try to, okay, let's put a plan together that both of us can really see working. So that's what we did. We just started one, one by one, looking at each, each card, each thing, what we were bringing in, where we can cut back, you know, definitely not eating out to dinner, like every night, <laughs> not ordering in food every night. So like, you know, what does that look like? What does it look like for groceries? Just getting the what so of it was super powerful for us. And then putting the plan together and then sticking with the plan. Also, we wanted to build our savings. That was another thing that was important to both of us. But really starting the conversation and not hiding from it anymore was so relieving to me. So that totally was self-care over here for me and super powerful. I'd love to hear what you ladies have to share about this. And and if listeners out there can see themselves, what I'd shared, um, I'm telling you, there is hope. There is so much hope for you. And we are here to support and provide some freedom around this. So what you got, ladies? Oh, I can go ahead and go. Um, There are so many things that I could share about this topic. And I think I want to start with just echoing what you said. Getting where I am financially was humbling and so empowering. Only because if any, for any reason, my personal financial journey has seen so many ups and downs. I mean, I have had a really high credit score, like fantastic. And then I was unemployed and I had blown through all my savings and was like a month away from filing for bankruptcy and have getting my house, you know, all of these things, right? And now I'm back to a place where I'm, I was almost before I was unemployed in a relatively short amount of time, which I honestly didn't think was possible. Um, so just hearing your story, I just want to echo to anyone who was out there struggling with their finances, not looking at them will not solve the problem. <laughs> And taking a look at where you are isn't actually as scary as you might think. They're honestly just numbers most of the time on a screen. They're not going to jump out and bite you. They're not going to come get you. I was scared they might, actually. I, I you know, really, really scared. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I was. I was a little afraid. But at the end of the day, it's just gathering information. And knowing gives you so much freedom and empowerment. I mean knowing what my debt looked like, knowing that I was almost done with my debt, paying off all my cars, being able to, you know, now I have money for retirement. I do have an IRA, you know, I'm able to build wealth in a way that I didn't think was possible and get out of my own head and feeling like I had to do it and get myself a financial advisor because that was the other thing. I was not trying to have any support. I was not trying to have anybody else look at my ugly finances. That was also not it. So getting that support, getting the help that I needed, getting flat on what is working in my budget and what isn't, what I can keep in, what I don't need to keep in, where I can expand and move around was only possible by getting flat on where I actually am. What are my assets? What is my debt? And yeah, I just, I'm so excited and love that we were talking about this and (laughs) how it wraps into self-care. Just, I know we were talking about it before, but it's just so important for people to get that 
finances, being financially stable, having that type of security is so important to your mental health and your physical health. Having the money, being able to go to the doctors, being able to afford insurance. I mean, all of these things are intertwined and stack up and get to, and play together. So I'm just really excited that we're including this in the series. And now I'll stop talking now. <laughs> Oh, and I love how you mentioned financial advisor, because that was another fear of mine, you know, to, to actually share my finances with someone who's there to help, who's probably seen worse, but oh my gosh, can you imagine the financial planner or whoever's helping you be like, yo, this is really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Financial advisors. I worked with somebody uh, a number of years ago and I had that same experience where I was embarrassed. What would they think? Totally. Yeah. You know, would they be judging me? Oh, you should be making more, be in a better spot. And I got so much support from this person. They shared with me about how emotional money is. Like they really got that side of it which is good because in that profession, you know, you hope that you're with somebody who's like compassionate and it gets like, this is, this is challenging to talk about. And um, when we were looking to sort of map out a plan, I didn't feel pushed into having to do things a certain way. At the end of the day, he's like, you have to do what you're comfortable with. And it, he didn't make me feel bad or wrong if I was like, okay, I got that there's a certain amount coming in and I know I could maybe allocate more for debt or pull from savings for debt, you know, inherently it's better to use the money that you have to cut down debt because you're certainly racking up more interest than you would be earning. And he's like, I understand if that's not comfortable, if like mentally that does not work for you to like obliterate your savings just to wipe out debt, like that's okay. And so I felt understood. I did not feel like a total failure. Um, I actually felt really supported, but going into it, there was that concern of like, oh, am I going to be like the worst he's ever seen? What is he going to think? We want to look good. And I think that that's part of why we avoid finances. I don't want to be confronted with the reality or the data that I've like messed it all up. Because without knowing, I don't quite have a finger on the pulse of it all. So I guess I could kind of go either way where I'm like, I think we're okay thinking that maybe we aren't okay, but at least I don't have that 100% fact, you know, but it really doesn't serve because I live all day as if there is something wrong. It's not like I'm like, I'm sure we're fine. And no, I really am dealing with like that worry that we're messing, we're messing up. And I'm taking a program right now through Landmark and I, and it's actually the program that I got connected to Tatiana in back in the day. And it's all about money. And the the title is money from concern to freedom. Like the intention of the program is about transforming your relationship to money as one of freedom and power from concern. Like this program is being delivered all over. I'm in, there's probably like 70 other people in this program. We are all the same. There's people there have made lots of money, like are well off freaking out about money, thinking it's not going to last, like not wanting to spend any of it. Then there's other people who don't want to work that hard for because they've been told you can only have a lot of money if you work really hard, but I don't want to work really hard. So I'm just not going to have any money to like people who don't want to know, who are scared to actually calculate the numbers and getting clear about the facts has been part of the program. And so 
I already knew what my debt situation was. That is probably like the thing that I was clear about. But being self-employed and my husband being self-employed, I've always used that as an excuse to not do financial planning. Because when I was a W-2 employee and you knew here's what's going to come in every couple of weeks, I felt like you could plan. But now, well, I don't know. Things can change. And so I've just said, well, you can't budget in this situation. So I just tossed that out the window. And so I've, I've had it for a while now that that doesn't apply to us. Something I uncovered today, which was pretty cool. We love to talk about possibilities. That comes from our landmark background. We create possibilities that we live into, that we take action from, that we're inspired by, empowered by. Around money, I always create the possibility of financial freedom. But today I heard about the possibility of financial wisdom. And I realized that I'm looking to have financial freedom, like stability, abundance, all of that on top of I don't understand anything about money. I'm dumb when it comes to finances. I don't understand that world. I guess at some point I just need to make a lot of money and then that'll be financial freedom. But I don't, I'm now realizing that I will never feel a sense of financial freedom, even if I have a lot of money in the bank, without being willing to toss aside what I've been saying about myself for years, which is like, I don't understand it. I, it doesn't make sense to me. And so I'm not really going to do anything about it because I don't fully understand investing. I don't fully understand all the different opportunities out there that you could let your money work for you, retirement, just all of those pieces. So I just don't really do much of anything. So I'm kind of lit up a bit. This happened earlier today. And I want to find a finances for dummies or something, some type of program that I can take that I can really just learn at a basic level. I don't want to be tossed into some like crazy, like learn the stock market or something like that. I, I just want to have a better foundation to then reverse this idea that I don't get it, that I can't learn it, that I'll never understand it. And it made me think of when we started the podcast. And I was dragging my feet about starting because I was like, well, who's going to edit? I can't edit. This has always been something I've said. Like I watched my husband do, you know, film editing, video editing. And I'm like, that looks really hard, complicated. I don't, I don't get it. That's not for me. That's not how my brain works. And so I was like, well, maybe he'll edit. And you guys were like, we can just do it. And I'm like, no, 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 but I can't <laughs> like, no, I, that's not how my brain works. Cause that's just what I determined. And then I've fallen in love with editing our podcast and the audio. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. So I had that in my head for probably 20 years. I can't do that type. If it's not photo editing, I can't do it. I wonder if I'm wrong about this as well. Hmm. Maybe I'm not <laughs> right. I used to work in a Something financial to get curious about. world. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm ready to take that on. And that's what the, my goal has been. Just make a lot of money and then you'll, you'll be financially free. I'll hire all the people that know what they're doing and I'll just have to have trust in them. But that's not sitting well with me. I need to have a better understanding. I don't need to know it all, but otherwise, how will I even be able to follow along with conversations or have my own ideas? I feel like I'm potentially leaving a lot of money on the table with the not, with the not knowing. So. 
self-care to me is taking care of myself, mind, body, soul. And as we've already mentioned today, it's money can really do a number on our mental health. It's something we worry about all the time. Do we have enough? Are we saving enough? Should we be doing something different? Should I be earning more? At the source of it is like there is a lot of not knowing and wanting to just avoid the situation altogether. Money is so confronting that I think a lot of times we do go the route of total avoidance. And there is no power there, Diana. You are totally right. Zero, zero power. And when I finally had, when I went through the process of pulling information together for this financial planner, it wasn't as scary. And it was like, I finally ripped off a Band-Aid. Something I avoided for so long, just doing it made me feel better. It made me feel proud because I had actively been like running the other way. Like, no, 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 I don't want to deal with it. I can't deal with it. It's not going to make a difference. So I found that that was really empowering and we just want to be taken care of. And this is a really important piece and component of our life. And so to have that just live as this big question mark that scares us. How can you, for me, get to that goal of having peace of mind and ease in my life if like lurking in the corner is this big, scary monster? Money is so complex and deeply seated for people, like what it brings up emotionally. So I think a lot of it is what we're saying about our money situation, regardless of what it is um, and potentially what it means about us. I know that I give myself a lot of grief for how things look and the shoulds love to talk about money. I was just going to say that I ended up taking this financial or the money seminar, honestly, right around when I was unemployed. So it was absolutely perfect timing, but something that I discovered and that I was reminded of while you were sharing, Jennifer, is I know for me personally, and maybe this will resonate for someone else, but I had my personal worth tied to my wealth. So when I got my dream job right before I lost it, I was on the top of the moon. I was making all this money. It was fantastic. And I felt really good about myself. I felt like I had made it. And then when I lost that job, I lost myself. I was a hot mess. Thank God, Deanna, you were there to like pull me out of that the trenches. You, I know, like, you know. I remember you saw those it. days. <laughs> <laughs> they were rough. Oh my goodness. And something that I got clear about was that my worth is not tied to my wealth. I am not my wealth, which was something that I had to deconstruct entirely. And knowing myself outside of that was so powerful and so empowering and getting rid of all of the meaning and Looking at money is just a piece of paper. And honestly, right now, most people don't even use cash. And it's just a bunch of numbers on a screen. Being unemployed may have been the most powerful thing and most wonderful thing that ever happened to me in that regard. Knowing myself and learning who I was and my intrinsic value as a human being was worth no amount of money or all of the money, you know, that it could have been. So thank you for putting that in, Jennifer because I had forgotten that lesson that I learned. So I'm not going, I'm not telling anyone out there who is not employed to not be motivated. If you are employed to just quit your job, I am not subscribing to any of that. Um, but there is power in deconstructing or removing the meaning that you have behind money to you. Mm. 
For sure. And I'm in the whole camp of you've got to work hard to get the money. It only money only flows to you if you've been just grinding and grinding day in and day out. You know, of course, raised in a family run business. That's all we ever did. You know, I had chores at the store and chores at home. And then I got a job when I was 16, you know, at another place. So I was working since I was two years old, I think. Um, but yeah, tiny so little that, broom. That, yeah, I had a little broom and a little, you know, dustpan and it's, I'm not lying. It's true. You know, it's interesting. My husband, he has, if you're not worried about finances a hundred percent of the time, then it means you don't care. So once I understood that, I was like, wow. So I'm like, not on the outside worried about finances, but on the inside, yes, I'm a ball of stress worried about finances, right? And on the outside, I'm not, like, you can't really tell. Him, on the other hand, he's complete opposite. So if he, he's like, I don't understand why you're not concerned or thinking about finances. I'm like, oh, honey, I am. I just am not showing it outwardly. It's just interesting what we have tied up with our, with finances and our self-worth. And, you know, that we don't care or whatever it may be. Yes, I totally get the, you have to be worried about something in order to then improve the situation, like not just about money. And a lot of people subscribe to that. So you don't want to give up the worry because, well, that's the driving force in getting to the next level. What I thought of, and hopefully I can articulate this. So I was thinking about it and my brain was turning into a little bit of a pretzel. Looking at finances and like financial health as a matter of our self-care, what about, I was talking about how like the shoulds are just run rampant when it comes to money, especially for me. People who just follow along and are like, okay, the shoulds are, I'm supposed to like buy a house, I'm supposed to be making X amount of money, like trying to kind of hit each of these milestones. So then get into this place of striving and living for some financial picture and they're miserable. So then we can kind of go the opposite where it's like, oh, well, but I'm making a lot of money. So I guess like my finances are okay, but at the sacrifice of what? And so sometimes I think we can get ourselves on a path or with certain goals in mind because of what we see around us. And I'll speak for myself because that's exactly where some of my concerns come from oh, it's supposed to look a certain way. And I'm my life doesn't fit into that. So I'm doing it wrong on many levels. And I just wondered if maybe some people kind of force the issue to have their lives look a certain way financially, but that the sacrifice of like self-care, time for themselves, you know, mentally with family, wealthy people talk about, I have this beautiful home that I've worked so hard for and I'm never there. Or I'm still not happy. Yeah, exactly. We have it that money solves problems. But if that were really true, then anybody with a lot of money would be happy and would have no problems. And we know that's not the case. But it doesn't seem to matter. We still just go on living like money is going to solve our problems. I do that. I keep thinking about like, oh, when we hit this next like level, that's going to be so nice. A lot of this worry is going to disappear. Is that true, though? Won't it just have a 
slightly different flavor to it. I'm sure I can find something else to be stressed about at that point. <laughs> like, and it's like, what is I'm pretty enough? creative. You know, exactly. what is like, what is your limit? Like what it's always going to be, you know, it's interesting Keeps when growing. I, yeah, like 10 years ago when I started my current job that I'm, I'm still in, I remember being like, why, you know, why can't I be making more? Why can't I be making more money? And my project manager at the time, she was like, you'll find a way to spend that money too, honey. You know? And I just, I was just kind of like at first pissed off because I was like, whatever, you're making like a ton of money, you know? And now like just throughout the years, I'm like, yeah, I managed to spend every little bonus that I got every year. Like I managed to spend all that. In the last 10 years, I've gotten raises and I've climbed up a little bit. But going back to like your point, Jennifer, about not really having that stable income because you are a freelancer or say you're, you have a job and it's all commission based or sales or whatever it may be. I know Aaron's job is kind of the same way. It ebbs and flows. He could be making tons of overtime and we're doing really well. And then he could get laid off because of reduction in force. No reason, just laid off. And then there'll be weeks and months of not money coming in, just my steady paycheck, which I know what I'm making, which is easy to do on a budget. That's what had me be like, yeah, I I guess everything's okay. You know, everything's okay. I, I mean, exactly. I know what I'm making, so I guess I can kind of do a budget on that. Cause that's stable and I kind of, you know, I know what I'm bringing in, but I don't know what, I don't know. So I was so much in the whole like camp of, I just don't even want to, I don't even want to go there. I'm totally avoiding it. So it feels, it feels hard. Yeah. It feels hard and I can't control it. And I I just don't know. I can't plan. I just can't plan it. So yeah, I totally hear you. I totally hear you. And then I was just like, well, the breaking point was last year when I was like, if you get laid off again one more time, we are seriously going to have to make some changes around here. I should be really saying that to myself because I really need to take on the finances. I really need to find a plan for us. Whether it's he gets laid off, like I know it's going to happen. That's the thing. Why am I avoiding it when I know what's going to happen eventually? And so am I not being responsible for what I know is going to happen? Yeah, I totally wasn't. I was not, I didn't even want to deal with it. Did not even want to deal. And then I was like, you know what? That's not self-care for me and Mm. for him, for our relationship and for our financial future. So I was like, get it together over here. (laughs) So yeah. And then just getting the what's so on what was actually going on. And then, you know, so we were, I was like, wow, we actually do make, a good amount every month, you know, with, with both of us having a, you know, a steady job, where's that money going? That was this really surprising part. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, where did it all go? Where is it? Where did it go? That's a whole other discovery, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. So I was like, sad. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I for, do this sooner? Right. <laughs> first happy, then just like, Oh dear Lord. Yeah. Well, what I, what I want to bring up, um, and have us add to is, you know, we're talking about this is our self care series. So the thing that has really been emphasized is the power of really getting clear about 
what the finances look like because it's something that we avoid and in avoiding it and not knowing it gets scarier and scarier and worse and worse. And typically, I think I've, we've all three shared our experience has been when we've actually looked at and calculated and come to terms with here's the assets, the liabilities, here's what I bring in. It's never as bad as we think. It may not be what we want or aspire to, but the uncertainty really does a number on us mentally. And so I wanted to share um, at least one other thing that had made a difference for me. Um, and then if you guys want to share any others too that people could maybe consider or try on for themselves. Um, something that made a big difference for me was about six years ago when we downsized. And the situation at that time was I had I had left my full-time job a couple years prior and I was still sort of trying on different things and seeing what did I want to create next. I I wasn't entirely sure I was giving myself some time to do the things and get and get some answers. So certainly not at all a full-time salary. Um, my husband was self-employed at that time and we were we were still living in the same luxury style apartment that we've been living in when I was fully full-time employed. And it was stressing us out. Like every single month, I just, when it got close to paying the rent, I just was cringing. Like, what are you doing? This is so dumb. We were living, we were living above our means. And I just kept thinking, well, but I don't know what's going to happen in a couple months. And just like hoping that it would all figure itself out. The way that I was able to make the choice about what needed to change was I was speaking with uh, a coach and we were looking at just like the financial integrity of it all. We were in that renewal period and I was like, oh my God, we got to decide in a couple of weeks. Like it doesn't feel like this is working, but I'm kind of scared to move and I don't know what to do. And again, living in this, like maybe it'll all work out. And in three months I'll have this amazing job and I'm making like shit ton of money and it won't matter. And she said, you can't make decisions based on the future and what might happen. She's like, you can only make decisions and choose from like the present. What information do you have right now? And I think the question she asked me was, uh, is it in financial integrity to stay? If, if like nothing else changed, like in this moment, given the way things looked in this moment, is it in financial integrity? And I was like, nope clear as day, but I kept living into, I mean, from a place of fear, like, well, maybe things will be different and I don't have to figure this out. So we ended up finding a different place uh, where we're, we're currently at and we downsized. We realized we weren't really using our extra bedroom office space. And I think we ended up saving like 50% of our monthly rent. It felt so good to let go and release that insane pressure and stress that we were feeling every month that was causing issues in our relationship because that's never the funnest thing to talk about and to worry about as a couple coming kind of face to face with the reality and making a choice that really best served us and not from a place of fear, but from a place of clarity and integrity that was really big for me. And, and that's not to put it out there and say that people are living above their means and they should just move somewhere smaller and, and cheaper. That That's not what I'm sharing, but it was really the idea of making choices and really looking at what's working or not working in this moment. 
the future is unknown. We can't really put a stake in the ground around it. But like in this moment, how things are looking, what works and what doesn't work. That was one of the most powerful choices I've ever made. And then now we're looking to move on to a different spot that has a little bit more space. Like we're sort of at that point now. And I will say, I I don't want to pay more. (laughs) Like it's been very nice. Saving this money and I am having such a tough conversation in like giving that up, taking back on some of that added responsibility again. That might be part two of the episode. I don't know. I don't want to derail us, but um, I do want to just sprinkle in some reality there. It's not all rainbows and roses, but being clear about how things look in this moment. Um, it's nice to dream and it's nice to know that you're on a path to a different place, but that doesn't pay rent. And so we found a beautiful home that was just much more reasonable and worked for us. And we didn't really have to sacrifice all that much either. So I'm looking to do that again. So if you guys have suggestions or preferably like a standalone house with a pool in the backyard for just like, you know, under 2000, that'd be, you know, just, uh, (laughs) you know, in a DC area, casually in the DMV, totally doable in this market. (laughs) I so get bitter about how much things cost here. I'm like, why? This is so dumb. Listen, and that's the thing is like, you know what the answer is? I could go and live in the middle of nowhere, have a mortgage of like $500, but that's not what I'm valuing right now. So I got to freaking suck it up and stop complaining. So yeah, you'll find what works for you. Um, um, Yeah, you you will. You will. It'll be perfect. You've always, you've moved a lot, Deanna, in this area and You've always had just beautiful homes. It's possible. But I guess like when I get somewhere for a while, hmm, it's like trying to open up like a clam or something. I'm just like, nope, (laughs) I'm here. I don't want to. I'm already (laughs) getting the itch to move again. And it's been, wow. I remember you seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I, I, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I think I'm in Jennifer's camp. I'm like, I will cling to this condo for dear life. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it too small? It's about to be. And I'm not trying to get rid of oh, it. Do you have big news? Soon. Um, there are conversations around things moving in a different direction. So I am looking at what I need to do to fix up my condo to sell it or rent it out for moving in and doing things differently. So yeah. And I'm like, it's so funny. I am just, I have dug my heels in so hard because I don't want to let go of my condo. <laughs> I worked so hard, right? Like my little pennies and stuff, you know, the, we're back to the, we're back, we're back to where we started, right? I worked so hard. You I worked hard. It. But, you worked so hard. Right. And it's mine. <laughs> it was with my money. So yeah. it's for me and I have to make the decisions, you know? So that's a whole other, you want to talk about a whole other conversation. Uh, talking with finances as a couple, that is a whole other, whew, that could be part three <laughs> of the conversation. And um, it could be. And that is self-care just in itself. Oh, yes. Because the, the I don't know, whatever you got to go through to either bring up the conversation with your loved oh one. God. I know. So many spaces. I, there so were a, many. A Ooh. ton of spaces I had to move through, especially like Miss Independent over here. I don't need no man. I don't need no anybody. I got that. my place. <laughs> got my own car. Got my own house. I, you know, pay my own bills. There was a reckoning that occurred <laughs> for me to get to this place. Okay. <laughs> Phoenix, if you will, something had to die and then was born from the ashes, I feel like. And it was a, to anyone out there who was avoiding the conversation, rip off the Band-Aid and have it. I advise you early, no surprises, 
no questions, no sneaky, oh, I'm sorry, I have $100,000 of debt in this random, no, 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 no. Definitely worth having the conversation and having that reckoning. <laughs> I just wanted to say to anyone out there who is listening and is like, I don't know where to start. If you are employed and have an employer program called an employee assistance program, oftentimes a lot of folks pair that with general mental health, well-being, that type of thing, and often aren't aware that it actually can, they can advise you on financial wellness as well. And then marital things, or if you're going through a divorce, they're actually a really great one-stop shop for whatever you're dealing with, including your finances and your financial wellness. So if you have an employee assistance program, I want to encourage you to look into that, tap into your people. A lot of folks don't think it taps into that or it can focus on that, but it does. And often it's free for your organization to use. There may be other avenues to, to check out after that, but it is a really great resource to start. Other things are other financial institutions may offer financial planners. I have one that is attached to a financial institution. And I just want to say, if you do that route or if you find someone, please make sure that you get someone who is a fiduciary. If you don't know what that means, go look it up. But it basically means that they have to act in your own financial interest in your best financial interest. So they're not able to make choices that are in their own interest. So anyone listening who is unsure, Google the term fiduciary, make sure that when you have those conversations with those support people, that they are a fiduciary because you don't want to fall into another trap. Uh, and then don't ask questions thinking, oh, hey, they're taking care of it. And then your funds are actually going towards their fees, their commissions, their type of things. So back to what Jennifer's saying, be an informed participant in your finances. So I just wanted to throw that nugget in there. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was listening. Your resident <laughs> benefit specialist. <laughs> Tatiana, I, I had a clarifying question. When you said a planner tied to a financial institution, are you talking about your bank or somebody attached to like where you have a retirement account? What so both. Mean? So I know with my organization, we do our retirement through Fidelity Investments. There is an avenue to have specific conversations around what is my retirement account doing? Can I meet my goals at the end of the year? Am I on track? Do I need to be doing more? Am I in the right investment funds? Do I need to look at more stocks, bonds? Those types of conversations can be had. And at least with me, our financial advisors that are tied to that are required to be fiduciary. And the institutions, if you're looking to go to an institution, make sure they are FDIC insured. That means that they're federally insured by the by the United States. I don't know all the technical terms, but what I do know is that means if that financial institution has trouble, your money is protected up to a certain amount of, of funds. So make sure that you're looking into that and you don't go to just any rinky-dink uh, financial institution. Another phrase in there is technical term rinky-dink, you know. Um, but I, you know, I just want to give you the knowledge that I have that I've learned. And then you can also go with, say, your regular banking institutions like your Bank of America's, your, you know, I'm just using them as an example, your Wachovia, well, well, Wells Fargo's, you know, those types of institutions, they do have different avenues for you to use. But you, again, want to make sure that they are acting as your fiduciary and in your best interests and aren't looking to just sell you stuff <laughs> or sell you different solutions. So again, be a mindful, active participant in your financial wellness and health. Ask questions when things don't make sense. I promise you, whoever you are speaking to has spoken to people who have asked worse or crazier questions. So I know with my financial advisor, he's a little younger than me, but obviously, well, he's a fiduciary. He's well-versed in this. And he's like, you're actually asking these really great questions. 
So ask them. Or sometimes I'm like, that's kind of a dumb question. I was going to Google it. And he's like, no, I'll break it down. We can have another conversation. They're there to be used. Please use them up. And a lot of times you don't even have to pay for that. Like my financial advisor, I don't pay them directly. And they are still required to make decisions in my best financial interest. So food for thought, go forth and prosper in the world. But um, do your research, but you don't have to do too much research if you're stuck. You know, there's lots of resources out there that are free and available to you. And if you are employed, again, your employee assistance program is a great place to start. Brilliant. I think we assume that all of this stuff just costs a lot of money. Like, oh, if I had an investment advisor and somebody doing an estate mm-hmm. plan and it's all really expensive. But I think we overlook a lot of free resources. Like whoever already is managing your money probably have people that you could work with and it may not cost you anything or it may cost just very little. So I am glad that you put that in. Well, I do have some last things to leave everyone with. This was really amazing. And we may have some answers for you on (laughs) financial self-care. So I do want to leave you with some last five steps for financial self-care that I just found online. And I'll share the link when we do our description for the, the episode. One, set realistic primary goals. Don't be thinking like all cray cray at the beginning. Just keep it basic. The whole point is to be successful with it. The more attainable you can get, the better it's going to be for you. Two, monitor your expenses every day. This was actually a pretty cool practice. I think in one of the program, the financial program that we were in, the money program, we actually had to keep track of our finances every day, or maybe that was something else I did. I don't know. But that was really eye-opening. You're getting a Starbucks here. You're getting lunch out here. You know, you just, things add up and you're like, wow, after a week of making a list of everything you spent every day, it really is eye-opening. Number three, establish and stick to a budget. So if you don't already have a budget, it's really simple, lots of stuff available that are free. It's free stuff online, lots of resources available for you. Four, set objectives that excite you. If you find something online that's a program that you're just like, oh my gosh, like it's hard, it's hard to even get started with it. That's probably not going to excite you and probably something that you're not going to stick to. So just find something that it could, maybe you can make a game out of it or be excited about, I don't know, or be curious about. And five, envision your retirement and make investments for it. So that might be with partnering with your financial planner, because I have no idea about retirement and investing. That's um, like a whole nother episode <laughs> that someone could teach us how to do. <laughs> But bottom line, financial self-care is just as essential, probably even more essential than regular self-care. I don't know, because if it leads to you being less stressed out, it's a win-win. It's a lifelong journey. So we're in it. I mean, why not make it fun? We're going to wrap it up here. Let us know if there's anything else self-care related that you'd like to hear about. Drop us a line at who says the podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if this provided some freedom over there with you on finances. Maybe you can now have that conversation with your loved one about starting a budget. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's opened up for you, but 
We will catch you next time. Y'all have a great night and we will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.